There was no way that uh, Paul Bernardo was going to be in that room uh, asking for parole without the families representing their daughters. And that's the determining factor that, uh, that uh, Kristen's and, and Leslie's presence was felt today through their victim impact statements, through them being here uh, at the parole hearing. And they were, of course, on everybody's mind. 803 here, good to have you. So we now know that Paul Bernardo is exactly where he should be. He's been denied freedom for now. And I knew he wouldn't get out, but still, until you actually hear it, you can't help but get that pit in your stomach thinking, please don't make a mistake here. But uh, he broke his silence today, speaking at this hearing, and there was no apologies because he's very self-centered. He's a narcissist. It's all about him. I mean, he did admit to doing horrible things. He said he cries often because he hurts so many people, but there was no actual remorse. His words are as hollow as they come because he wants out. That's it. That's all today was about, was Paul Bernardo getting out. And it is the French and the Mahaffey families who deserve to be remembered and thought about and in the spotlight because our justice system too often does not worry about them, certainly not their rights. And both families went today both submitting statements and they are they are heartbreaking and I urge you to take some time to read these words but the automatic takeaway for me is that no matter how much time passes and it's been 27 years now Debbie Mahaffey states that the pain and horror never leaves that even preparing for what happened today and writing out the pain again it tears the whole family apart and all that healing that they do that too is ripped apart And she wrote in one part of the statement, we find ourselves confronted with a very complex and excruciating dilemma that is choosing between participating in this hearing or not participating. It seems we are damned if we do, damned if we don't. This is an emotional hell for us. That's a very telling statement. Because the Mahaffey and French families are prisoners of Paul Bernardo. They're a prisoner of a system that worries more about him and not them. You know, and one of the most heartbreaking things Debbie says is that at the time, 27 years ago, she struggled, you know, to comprehend what happened to her child, Leslie. But clearly the time has given her a very horrific clarity and it haunts her. And the French family talked too about the loss of Kristen and about the fact that no matter what happens now, the words that Paul Bernardo says mean nothing because it's they don't mean anything tim danson as you heard off the top of the hour he has acted on behalf of the victim's family since day one and he points out the fact that the system of justice you know it's built on transparency but there is none when it comes to the corrections phase it's all about bernardo's privacy and making decisions that are best for him but i think a big takeaway for today and i think what everyone should remember is in two years these families have to go back again So every two years, they've got to go back again, and that has to change. Uh, I think that the two-year review process is cruel to uh, victims, uh, and I think that the legislation should be changed uh, to at least five years apart. Uh, And maybe if, you know, people want to complain about constitutional rights with respect to uh, people who, who murder children, Um, I would still say that uh, it should be a minimum of five years apart after the uh, initial hearing, unless they have some breakthrough in medical science or a medical report that would allow them to bring an application.
to be heard shorter than, than five years. But my experience is two years goes by very quickly and it's, uh, it's unfair uh, to the victims. And I think the government needs to look at that and change it. Absolutely. I mean, we say we're a compassionate nation. We say we are a just society. But you tell me, how is this just? How is this just? Priscilla de Villiers knows the pain that these families go through because her daughter, Nina, was murdered back in August of 1991. She was jogging in Burlington. And her killer was on a day pass. Never should have been out. Her whole life now has been about helping others. She created the Victim Justice Network. She joins me now. Hi there, Priscilla. Hello. Thanks so much for joining me on a night like tonight. I wanted to talk to you because your life really is about fighting for families like uh, the Mahaffey's and the French. Has it changed enough, the system, do you think? Um, There have been a fair number of changes. Um, uh, certainly in victim services, there are more victim services now. And when we look at the, and I won't discuss that tonight, mm-hmm. but um, when we look at the criminal justice system, there have been there have been improvements, there's no doubt, over the years. Many of them have been um, have been the impetus for many of them have been the work of families like the, the Frenches and the Hafis, mm-hmm. where their cases and many others like that have uh, created enough um, political uh, pressure and, I, dare I say, awareness in the country about what actually is going is is the um, is caused by terrible cases like these. We are looking at the worst of the worst. And I think um, one of the things that we have to applaud victims for when there is when they go year after year after year mm-hmm. and do their victim impact statements and appear before the parole board because they are, in effect, putting a face and creating um, a clear memory of what happened. So the parole board, who were very often and not involved at all at the time, mm-hmm. have to consider this a human issue as opposed to a mere paper administrative issue. And I know families who've been going, have been enduring this for 35 years, and they're now into their second generation. Um, it is extraordinarily difficult, and I just want to applaud and uphold you know, the bravery of the Frenches and the Hafis and others for doing this. Um, what happens is it's very clear in one's memory, is obviously if you're intimately involved. Mm. But it's so easily forgotten. And it should be forgotten, should fade, I think, for the rest of society. But it has to be front, front and foremost uh, when the parole board makes decisions. In your situation with Nina, uh, the man who killed her and ultimately ended up dying, so your situation's a little bit different that you didn't have to go through the parole uh, system, but you've certainly been through... Uh, the unimaginable, and you certainly are a name that people know and learned through ultimate tragedy. And if you can somehow, I guess, characterize it for for our listeners, like what happens year after year once the cameras go away and the headlines fade, 
I mean, you as we heard in Debbie Mahaffey's statement and 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 the French family statement today, it just doesn't end. No, it doesn't. And uh, in our case, uh, the man who killed Nina um, committed suicide in a police chase. Mm-hmm. So we went through an inquest, right. and then it was done. Some of it uh, was a blessing for us because we didn't have to, we don't have to continue. 27, 28 years later, to relive it. On the other hand, um, it uh, it still has an immediacy. There are triggers all the day or every day. Sure. And um, it's something that you learn to live with. I think Debbie said it best in her victim impact statement. As you get further and further from it, the clarity and the dreadful understanding of what your child went through mm-hmm. becomes greater. And that is something that you have to learn to live with. On the other hand, uh, we don't have to confront somebody every second year in prison who, who created such misery and took away such a precious life. Leslie and Kristen are so much uh, entwined in my thoughts of Nina because Leslie disappeared three months before Nina did, Mm -hmm. about two and a half kilometers away from where she died. And her body was found about six weeks before Nina disappeared. And Kristen disappeared just as we were uh, sitting down in the inquest uh, the following year. So, And because um, we didn't have a court case to have to dread and look forward to, I was able to speak at times when they were not. Right. And so to me, uh, I, I don't, I, this is a horrible time for me as well. Yeah. And for many other people, many, many other people who uh, suffered. And we're now at last becoming aware of community grief, of community loss. Something that we all suffered, you, Alex, suffered through it as well, when your community has been violated. And this is only just now becoming uh, more publicly uh, conscious. The And I, I could say it again, the French and the happy families deserve our, our gratitude and our love. And let's not forget the victims of Scarborough rape. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Well, and let's not right. forget Nina, your daughter, because on a day like today or any time a headline comes up like this, it also takes you back into this. And once again, you're not just this woman fighting for justice. You are a mom who's grieving the loss of a daughter. And and grieving a lot and grieving as well, I must say, for yeah. the 14, 15 other women who didn't have a day in court, really, mm-hmm. who are the forgotten ones and whose lives will never be the same. And let us not forget that that you know immeasurable harm was created by this man, yeah. and it's an absolute travesty, frankly, that people like him, the the of his ilk. Luckily, there aren't that many people like him. Really, should not have the same um, uh, have the same rights as others who who possibly have. Uh, committed less crimes and possibly had learned from what they did. But this is a travesty. I just would like to emphasize that Chief Justice Assange um, spoke not only about Bernardo as a killer of young girls, children, but also 
he was a dangerous offender because of the terrible harms he inflicted mm-hmm. on innocent young women. And um, that is a double. Uh, those, both those um, designations in the criminal code have the strongest, uh, are, are the worst crimes you can commit. And I think, uh, personally, I think that this should be reflected in the way that he is dealt with. Priscilla, I thank you so much for sharing your time with me today and sharing your uh, insight on this. I appreciate it very much. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Priscilla. Good night. Have a good night. That is uh, Priscilla de Villiers, who in her tragedy, um, she took her fight and is helping others. And that's what a lot of people do when they're forced into a life they didn't ask for. They turn around and either they put their time into helping others and they become this community and they all understand each other and they don't have to say a word. It's it. I have a lot of time for Priscilla de Villiers. It's just unfortunate that people like her have to even do this. This is Global News Radio.